from the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. VK100 WIA logbook yields interesting stats. VK4 WIP club station back on the air after many years of absence from HF. Mayana Mayhem, it's just about here. Amateur Radio Club makes donation to Stricken Centre. Shortwave radio frequency causes amnesia. All these stories up and coming in this edition of News from the Wireless Institute of Australia for week commencing November 28, 2010. Hello there, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Smart meters, WPC modem uses 2 through 4 megahertz. A French company has developed a new power line modem based on watt-pulse communication, that's WPC, that transmits across the 2 to 4 MHz segment of the precious HF spectrum. The small, low-cost, low-power consumption modem can be used for any type of data communication application such as smart meters, home control and street lighting. It transmits a wide-band signal across 2 through 4 MHz, completely covering the amateur radio 80-metre band. BP. No, not BP as in broadband over power lines, but BP as in blood pressure. A new procedure, which takes just 45 minutes, involves a doctor inserting a catheter into an artery in the upper thigh, threading it into an artery next to the kidney. There they use low-power radio waves to heat up and effectively turn off specific nerves which are known to play a role in high blood pressure. A professor from the Baker IDI Heart and Diabetes Institute in Melbourne was a principal investigator in an international trial which involved 106 patients across 24 separate sites throughout Europe and here in Australia. Just after the first 10 patients or so were treated, they really were quite confident that this is a fantastic new technology that allows lots of people out there who have trouble with their blood pressure. How long will it be before this treatment is available to people in Australia? They are quite hopeful that, certainly within the next year, this radio wave treatment for high blood pressure should be available for clinical use. Hey, don't worry about car 54, but what about channel 4, where are you? Some households in the Mansfield Shire, southwest Victoria, will get digital-only television transmissions at the end of this month. The Bonnie Doon analogue transmitter will be switched off November 29. It's the second area in the country to go to digital only after Mildura was switched over on June 30 this year. The rest of regional Victoria will be switched to digital only by May 5, 2011. Telstra's recent research on Aussie home gadgets that we mentioned last week has revealed that when it comes to purchasing gadgets for the home, older Australians are most likely to base their decision on whether the product is desired by their peers. That is 42% versus 29% of 18 to 35-year-olds. Comparatively, younger Australians are more likely to wait for the initial rush of people to buy and review a gadget before making their decision, 21% versus 14% of 55-pluses. While women are more likely than men to give up installing a new gadget because they find the instructions daunting, men are more likely to break their new gadget before they've got it working. When it comes to getting the most out of home gadgets, Queenslanders rate themselves highest in terms of using all the advanced features, compared to Northern Territorians, who are the biggest offenders for only using the basic functions of their new home gadgets. 
Amateur Radio New South Wales Secretary Norm VK2TOP tells how the old Osmail account and its VK2WI address was terminated last Friday week. A few people are still occasionally using this address, so Norm will attempt to contact them by email and advise the current addresses that have been in place now for some time. The various addresses to contact Amateur Radio New South Wales include the word office, there's membership, disposals, news, all followed by arnsw.org.au. Further analysis of the VK100WIA logbook yields interesting stats. With the logbook now finalised at 24,440 contacts, David Park, VK3JDA, has carried out some further in-depth analysis of its 611-page logbook. The 40-metre band had 10,500 contacts, followed in popularity by 80 metres with 5,000, 4,100 on 20 metres and 2 metres just over 3,000. In fact, 12 bands were used by VK100WIA, ranging from 160 metres through to 23 SEMs. Looking at the modes used, as would be expected, SSB comes up trumps with 19,000 contacts, but CW got a very good pounding with nearly 1,400 QSOs logged. Others listed as modes in the log were AM, IRLP, DSTAR, PSK, JT65C, SSTV, ATV, APRS and one EME or Moon Bounce contact. Thanks go to David VK3JDA for the analysis report which appears in full with graphs on wia.org.au and also thanks to the WIA affiliated clubs who put VK100WIA on the air. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. On the Sunshine Coast, it's relayed on 146.825 and 146.850 at 9am. I'm Gordon, VK4VP. Alrighty, let's do a quick whip around Australia. In VK2, it's the Sark's Christmas Party, Sunday, December 5. Held as usual at the club rooms from about 1,200 local. Barbecue-type lunch, followed by the usual assorted goodies. Those attending are requested to bring a plate or similar of a variety of extra good things to eat. Use your imagination, add variety to the table. St George Amateur Radio Society, this group will hold their final meeting for the year Wednesday, December 1. Now, although meetings normally start at 7.30, interested amateurs are invited to come early and take part in the barbecue in the park. The meeting venue is the first Kyle Bay Scout Hall Donnelly Park right next to the sailing club. VK3, put this on the calendar now. The major amateur radio event in Victoria returns to the Kyneton Racecourse, only an hour's drive from Melbourne, Ballarat and Bendigo. When? Sunday, Feb 13. The major commercial traders have given the Centre Victoria Radio Fest their endorsement. Second-hand sellers like the event too because of its strategic location and low cost. Perhaps you have unwanted equipment and bits and pieces now taking up space in your garage or a room at home. Then make a sales table or car boot space booking now. A warm invitation is also extended to all clubs and groups to be a part of the popular Club Corner Precinct. For more 
more information, do check out the homepage of the Amateur Radio Victoria website, www.amateurradio.com.au. See you at the Centre Victoria Radio Fest, Kyneton Racecourse, on Sunday the 13th of February. I'm Bruce Lees, vk 3 F, and you're listening to VK1 WIA. From Kyneton to Cannon Park, yes, up in Cairns, and we've been informed of a Christmas get-together for Cairns Amateur Radio Club members and family. This will be held at 6.30pm Brothers Leagues Club Cairns on the 13th of December, and two days prior, on the 11th of December, we have the Gold Coast Breakup. This at 10am in their club rooms, a BYO, and please bring a plate to share as well. The Christmas Breakup at the Gold Coast will also have all the fun of a fox hunt. VK4WIP Club Station is now back on air after many years of absence from HF. The tower project has been completed and everything is raring to go as they're looking forward to putting in a brand new HF receiver. They're also on Facebook and the photos of the tower and antenna are viewable there. The club station will try to be active most weekends and for those wanting a QSL card, they're in the process of designing a special QSL for direct and bureau requests. Foundation licensees strut their stuff. Good to see all the Foundation class licensees helping out by running the Townsville Amateur Radio Club. At their just-held AGM, we see the 2011 Management Committee Executive having 75% Foundationers. President is Richard, VK4FRJG. Vice President is Gavin, VK4ZZ. And we have the Treasurer, Joan, VK4FTVL. And Secretary Eldon, VK4FNQA. VK7. Mayana Mayhem, it's just about here. Mayana Ham Fest, this is the biggest event on the VK7 Ham Radio calendar and not to be missed. The Ham Fest, which is coordinated by the Central Highland Amateur Radio Club of Tasmania, is set down for the 4th of December, commencing at 10am, and will cost $5 per person or family, and goes towards the cost of running the event, and will also include free tea and coffee, soft drinks will also be available. Food will be on sale from around about 11am and you'll in, and that will include the famous Mayenna Savaloys and sauce together with hamburgers and sausages in bread all made from the finest local ingredients. The location for this event is the well-equipped Mayenna Community Hall that can be found in Haydens Bay and it's adjacent to the Ambulance and Fire Service building. This modern venue is well-equipped and despite what global warming throws at us or those that believe global warming is for real, it is very comfortable. The local wireless repeater will be monitored monitored for everybody losing their way it's frequency 438.5 home of the good guys an amateur radio club makes donation to stricken center members of grantham amateur radio club handed the generous donation of 170 pounds to a community center which is trying to get back on its feet I think this could easily go on records, is saying, although we hear of radio clubs receiving donations, this is arguably the first of a radio club helping their local community in such a tangible manner. Well done, the good guys and gals at Grantham in the UK. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the southern suburbs of Adelaide, it can be heard on VK5 RAD 2 metre repeater, 147.000 at 9am on Sunday mornings. I'm Morgan, VK5 Triple M, on behalf of the South Coast Amateur Radio Club. Radio in your inbox. VK1 WIA, now podcasting to the world.
International news with thanks to RSGB Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Arrests follow Papuan clashes over ringtone. Indonesian police say they have arrested three men after two Melanesian tribes clashed with machetes and arrows over a mobile phone ringtone. Hundreds of Wamina tribesmen descended on members of the Yoka tribe after learning that Yokas were sharing a ringtone which insulted Waminas. The ensuing clash reportedly left 23 houses burned to the ground, another 56 damaged and 12 vehicles set ablaze. The situation calmed down after police arrested three men for allegedly composing the ringtone, which had a reggae beat and offensive lyrics about the neighbouring Wamina tribe. Online newspaper ARN Net are reporting on a study which suggests radiation from Wi-Fi networks is harmful to trees, causing significant variations in growth, as well as bleeding and fissures in the bark. The study in the Netherlands looked at the city of Alphen after officials found unexplained abnormalities on trees that couldn't be ascribed to a virus or bacterial infection. The study exposed 20 ash trees to various radiation sources for a period of three months. Trees placed closest to the Wi-Fi radio demonstrated a lead-like shine on their leaves that was caused by the dying of the upper and lower epidermis of the leaves. This would eventually result in the death of parts of the leaves. The researchers urged that further studies were needed to confirm the current results and determine long-term effects of wireless radiation on trees. The United States has revealed the details of a startling breakdown in cybersecurity in April when 15% of the world's internet traffic was diverted through China. For 18 minutes, emails and internet materials sent from the Pentagon and NASA was rerouted via Chinese servers. A US government report doesn't blame China for intentionally hacking into the system, but experts say it's a sign of the security risks ahead. The breach affects every country that's hooked into the internet that communications was rerouted, includes that from the United States to third parties, and so it's not simply American information that's been made vulnerable, but that of the Allies, including Australia. US Defense Secretary Robert Gates described potential attacks as a huge future threat and a considerable current threat. Understanding LF and HF Propagation RSGB Propagation Studies Committee members Steve G0KYA and Alan G3NYK have released a free e-book called Understanding LF and HF Propagation. RSGB Propagation Studies Committee members Steve G0KYA and Alan G3NYK have released a free e-book called Understanding LF and HF Propagation. In 2008 and 2009, Stephen Allen wrote a series of features on LF and HF propagation for RADCOM, consisting of a month-by-month look at each HF band in turn. They showed the read of the propagation modes behind each band and explained some of the technicalities of ionospheric propagation. The RSGB has allowed the PSC to put them together in a single document, which is now freely available for amateurs worldwide to download. You can download your free copy at g0kya.blogspot.com. Ham operators are once again being asked to not use 145.8 to 146 megahertz for terrestrial point-to-point casual communications. This is because such operations are devastating to weak signal ground-to-space and space-to-ground satellite operations. Take a listen. В данный момент не знаем, в чем дело, вроде бы прохождение 
Федор That's from the FM interference on HO68's uplink as recorded by OZ9AEC on November the 9th. Two FM stations can be heard speaking in Russian. The weaker one is barely audible in the noise, but the stronger one holds the potential of capturing the HO68 receiver and blocking weak signal operations using CW single sideband narrowband digital modes. OZ9AEC has posted the full QSO between these stations operating on the HO68 uplink to the YouTube.com. It very graphically illustrates the problem that operating FM simplex operation can be on 145.8 to 146 and 435 to 438, which can cause ham radio satellite operation interference. In a total reversal, a group of not-so-nearby neighbors trying to stop a Tivoli, Illinois ham from erecting 11 towers on his property say that they'll appeal to the AWRL for help. This after being denied a chance to officially offer arguments against the proposed cluster of ham radio towers on private property in the rural Tivoli Township. The Peoria County Planning and Zoning Commission approved the permit requested by Craig Thompson, K9CT, in July for 11 towers that range in height from 30 feet to 195 feet on property that he owns. Opponents of the tower are now searching for ways to slow or stop construction that's already underway. John Martin is the nearest neighbor of the property that's situated along the rolling farm fields and woodlands south of Tivoli. He tells the local newspaper that there's likely little that people in the area can do to stop the construction. He then goes on to say that those opposed to the towers are trying to form a grassroots organization to let the Amateur Radio Relay League know their position and to get them to agree to what Thompson plans to do is excessive. Martin adds that his hope is to convince the AWRL to show Thompson that it's in his best interest to scale back his plans. Some names in the news. First up is Harry Heap, G5HF, whose story as a World War II voluntary radio interceptor has now been told by the Essex Chronicle newspaper. Heap was first licensed in 1932 as 2BZZ. He was issued the call sign of G5HF in 1933. Following the outbreak of the war, he moved to Chelmsford, where during the day he worked at Crompton on devices to neutralize magnetic mines, and during the evenings worked as a voluntary radio interceptor listening to the secret Nazi messages. The information he collected was passed to Bletchley Park for decoding. Heap later became the president of the Chelmsford Amateur Radio Society and retired from that role only a few weeks ago at the tender young age of 93. And finally this week, the story of how one citizen has taken communications with public officials to a new height. This by purchasing the internet domain name of the police department whose red light camera issued him a ticket. We have more in this report. Most of the time, if you or I get a speeding ticket, we just grumble about it and pay the fine. Oh, we can fight it in court, but for most people, those are the only two options. However, after receiving a $90 speeding ticket in Bluff City, Tennessee, Brian McCrary discovered a third. It seems that the Bluff City Police Department had forgotten to renew its Internet domain name of BluffCityPD.com. It had expired, so McCrary bought the domain for 80 bucks. He then posted his side of the story, along with the information about speed traps in Bluff City and the $250,000 per month the system was costing the town's 1,500 residents. 
The police department had no idea their domain name had expired and that McCrary owned it. That was until October 8th when reporters started calling them to ask about it. Bluff City Police Chief David Nelson says the city may approach McCrary about buying the domain back from him, but admits Chief Nelson the city's not very optimistic that a deal can be made. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Bruce Tennant, K6PZW, here trying to avoid the red light cameras in Los Angeles. A hearty congratulations to our friends at the Wireless Institute of Australia, celebrating its centenary this year, from your friends at the Amateur Radio Newsline. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK6, it can be heard on Rolly Stone Repeater 146 700 and also relayed on 80 metres on a 3 decimal 565 MHz Sunday evening at 7pm local time. I'm Steve, VK6 DXA. Shortwave radio frequency causes amnesia. Hello, I'm Jim Linton, VK3PC, with another from the weird and wonderful file. Taking on the shape of an urban myth are stories of people suffering memory loss after tuning their radios to 6955 kHz. Apparently, this is where numbers stations exist. Originally thought to be coded messages from spies, but now there's a new theory that they are automatically generated, a key to the universe, existed since Earth began, and even Marconi heard them in his early experiments. The fascination with the frequency and beliefs now developing around it can be traced to a science fiction show called Fringe in the United States, which has dramatically promoted the fanciful 6955 phenomenon. The story goes that 15 people suffered amnesia after listening to the same frequency. They suffered some sort of convulsion and their memories were wiped. So is there a moral or warning in all this for radio amateurs? Yes, stay within our band limits and don't be tempted to sandbag beyond the lower edge of the 40 metre band, just in case. It's weird and it's wonderful From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ. Special events and on-air contest column dateline 2010 and 2011. December 10, 2010, AERL 10 metre contest 0000 hours UTC through Sunday evening, December 12 to 2359 hours UTC. January 15 and 16, WIA Summer VHF UHF Field Day. Includes Microwave Challenge with special certificates to be awarded to participants on microwave bands. Special event stations, Repeater, Beacon, DX, and Advice. VK9 NA Norfolk Island D Expedition 2011, 7th to the 21st of January. We may have mentioned this return to Norfolk in last week's news and pointed out how the prime focus this time are the elusive microwave QSOs on 2.4 GHz through 10 GHz back to VK NZL. Well, don't despair because the team will again have 6 metres, 2 metres, 70 centimetres and 1296 MHz. A team of serious microwavers, Colin Hutchison, VK5DK, Trevor Niven, VK5NC and Les Janes, VK5JR will set up at Port Macquarie on the VK2 coastline. Because of the sizeable distances involved and the finicky nature of the propagation, the WSJT digital modes will more than likely offer the best chance of success. However, 2 metres, 70 centimetres and 23 centimetres via tropospheric ducting will be used as propagation indicators for the microwave bands. 
Chatham Island ZL7. Active as ZL7 VR till the 30th of November on the HF bands. Also active as ZL7 V in this weekend's CQ Worldwide CW contest. QSL both calls to OH1 VR. Sierra Leone the expedition. Members of the Voodoo Contest group are operating as 9L5VT in this weekend's CQ Worldwide DXCW contest as a multi-two entry. After the contest, operators will be signing as 9L7NS. Look for operations to be on the lower bands Ritty and 30-17-12 metres. QSL via LOTW or direct to G3SXW. The Grand Prairie ARC KF5CZR will host a special event station for the World Championship Duck Calling Championship Contest. On air this weekend, try around 14.265 on 20 metres. A colour QSL card if you send a self-addressed stamped envelope. Operations approved for DXCC credit. Uganda 5X0CW 2010. Angola D2QV 2010 operation. Awards. ZS6BB achieves the first ZS WAGS award for all 83 grid squares. Pierre ZS6BB recently achieved the top ZS worked all grid squares award with all 83 grid squares on mixed bands and modes. Getting the last grid square took him many months and was only completed by a contact with the Botswana station for KG25, a grid with a very small footprint in southern Africa. To achieve this award, Pierre had to take full advantage of mobile stations for many grids in which there are very few or no resident amateurs and included contacts on SSB, CW Satellite and even PSK31. The ZS WAGS award is operated by the Santon Amateur Radio Club. Broadcast monitoring SWL and scanner news. Radio Pretoria licensed after 17 year wait. Afrikaans station Radio Pretoria has finally been granted a five year broadcasting license by the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa, ICASA, after a 17 year wait. After a sustained battle of 17 years, Radio Pretoria, 104.2 MHz FM, has received its broadcasting licence. The station's media spokesman, Hank Job, would sit. It is clearly written on the licence that the station will serve an Afrikaner, farmer-based community, he said. It had been broadcasting on temporary licences for nearly two decades. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FU Winningham. The new amateur radio magazine is out or just about out now and coming up in just a sec we'll have Barry Robinson VK3PV along to tell us what's inside the magazine for the month of December quick look at special interest groups ATV YouTube groups to close on November 31 and this will mean the end of popular groups such as all broadcasting on YouTube but you still have a couple of days to have a look at over 1,000 videos about ham radio, shortwave radio, antennas, etc. But remember, YouTube Groups is closing November 31. Final Frontier and Telecom New Zealand has gifted its now surplus radio antenna to the Auckland University of Technology to be converted into a radio telescope. AUT has been granted a licence to operate the Warkworth 2 antenna located near Auckland at what will become New Zealand's largest radio telescope. The dish had until now been used by Telecom New Zealand to send and receive satellite communications, internet traffic and TV content, etc. There are five new amateur radio satellites in orbit. Fast Track 1, Fast Track 2, NanoSail D2, the Zoris, there's Rax, and these were all launched on November 20. So far, signals have been received only from Fast Track 2, nicknamed Emma, and O slash ORES and Rax. Now, all the nominal frequencies are best found 
when you best read them at wia.org.au and check out the text edition of this national news broadcast. Now for a look at some of the contents of Amateur Radio magazine for December. There's a report on Weiss and Tasmania South providing communications for the inaugural Hobart Run the Bridge with 1,400 running and walking competitors. In doing so, Weissen won praise for its contribution while showing the flag for amateur radio emergency communications. There's no shortage of technical articles this month. A matching system for two 23-centimetre antennas is explained in detail. That article is based on the recent experience of Peter Cosins' VK3BFG in setting up the digitised Melbourne television repeater VK3RTV. Roderick Wall, VK3YC, describes how to build a 150-watt RF dummy load using a Terminator chip. A simple method of separate the centre conductor and braid of coax cable is described by Hank Prunkham, VK5JAZ. In Foundation Corner, the topic is home brewing without a headache by Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, and Ross Pittard, VK3CE. And following on that theme is Jim Tregellis, VK5JST, who presents ideas on doing metalwork at home. Amateur Radio Magazine, a WIA membership service with copies also available at selected newsagents. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor, and you're listening to VK1WIA. Tis the end of the news and tis the season to be jolly coming up really quickly now, just a few weeks away. We've got so many uh, notifications of ham radio Christmas events. It's probably best to check out wia.org.au and read the club events page because no doubt your club has uh, put all the details on the main website. Also, if you haven't received your own personal invitation from your club, check the mailbox again and if not, contact your secretary and find out where your invitation is. Okay, don't forget, all over the Yuletide season, we'll be here with the national news on just about every broadcast station that's operating now. So until we see you again, I'm Graham VK4 Baker Baker. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported... You decide.